Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome, and this is Dayton Brewcast. It's the, the voice of Dayton Craft, and there is, uh, uh, that's probably shocking for some of you guys to hear, but um, uh, there is a lot of really exciting things happening here in Dayton. I feel like the Cincinnati beer market has become stagnant and boring, and I'm, I'm kind of done talking about it. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that bad. <laughs> but no, there are, there are, there's, after you have been talking and writing about um, a, a city's beer scene for for a while it does get a little uh, a little little stale and um, there are so many places up here in Dayton that I think are doing things that you guys don't know about that you should know about so um, that's 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 why this is now Dayton Brewcast and we'll, we'll talk about it more in the uh, the coming weeks or probably even the coming days or probably even tonight when you guys start emailing me but uh, <laughs> Regardless, we are kicking off Dayton Beercast um, uh, with with a place that I've been wanting to sit down and talk to for a very long time because um, what little bit of their beer that I've had, I am absolutely in love with. Uh, we are at Branch and Bone. Uh, you guys, uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll 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 start off. Trevor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, if you could, if you could wrap up kind of the. Uh, the idea of what Branch and Bone is into one neat little tidy sentence. How would you describe what this place is? How about one word? Okay. Exploration. Perfect. Right? Like we kind of like to find our pockets that fit and we kind of know what we're doing, but we're always pushing boundaries and trying to, you know, increase people's perception and what they think of beer without going like way out of the box right you know like we see in beer today people go like way out of left field where it's like as we were discussing before we went on air it's like sometimes you can bring people back to stuff that they forgot right well or uh, never were exposed to depending on when they got into crap beer or you know and 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 this is a good springboard into talking about the beer that i'm drinking because a very important segment of the show from the beer fridge. from the beer fridge where i drank because it's a beer show <laughs> uh you you poured me a glass of your pilsner mm -hmm. which to me is a perfect example of one of those styles that so many of us um, kind of just ignored or shunned or so, you know, we're not going to drink that anymore. That's that represents this side of beer that for sure. so long became this other thing. <laughs> well, we had that, we saw that in the industry, right? We're so long, we're bigger and bold was better where I think people forgot, like you can have austere, well-crafted beer and that's the key. And I, I think you you see this stuff pushed by people that have been in the industry forever because it's like, I'm tired of double IPAs. Right. I'm tired of big stouts. I was like, we've seen all the tricks. We've seen all the adjuncts, everything. It's like, right. just give me grain, water, yeast, and hops in time, right? Well, and, and something just, that's... And it's like, it produces stuff like this, which is as complex as you want it to be, but also as simple and crushable as you want it to be, too. I think, I, I think, and I, I have a... Uh, uh, something that I've been working on. It's, I don't know if it's going to be a blog post or a video or what, but this kind of exploration of Pilsner as a style. And, mm -hmm. um, one of the uh, one of the things that I have written down that either will be part of the script or part of the post is is that um, you know, to me, and again, send your grumpy emails, whatever. Uh, I think that Pilsner is the perfect evolution of beer over time. Mm -hmm. It is you know, creating that, that malt that's lighter and, and, and just technologically speaking was a very difficult thing to do and, until it wasn't. Right. Um, it's the beer is beautiful to look at. There are some beer styles now that taste great, but you pour them on a glass and you, you sit and hold them up to the light. They're disgusting looking. I'm not going to argue with you there. <laughs> um, it's approachable. 
if you just want to drink something. It's mm-hmm. not something that's going to offend uh, somebody's palate if they're not used to drinking beer. Absolutely. It also leaves that complexity for you to dive mm-hmm. into if you mm-hmm. want to. It's a perfect balance between different. It's we could go down a whole road about pilsner. A- absolutely, and like that's the other thing too is like I always push back against the concept of like gateway beers. It's like not everybody's right. a crap beer drinker, but it's like something like that you can at least get someone's head around it. Right. Like this is all that's available, but if you're offended by this, I don't know what to tell you at that right. point. <laughs> like it's like I'm not gonna present this to someone and hope to get them, you know, drinking big IPAs and big stout stuff like that. Cause some people just don't like it. But it's like this is you it's, know, it's not offensive in any way. It's and it's like if you find something wrong with this, like I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> stick to my, to tell you. stick to vodka and soda water, I guess. <laughs> it's uh it's it's a great beer. It's got a, a a nice kind of hop presence at the end, almost like a a little bit of a, a dry hop thing kind of going there just mm-hmm. at the end. Like Mandarina a, Bavaria. Um, there we go. There we mm-hmm. go. Yep. Um it's it's good. I like it. Uh appreciate yeah, it. Definitely a perfect beer for today. It's um delicious so. yeah and it's, it's still early so it you gotta start I mean, light it's, <laughs> it's, it's not that early guys before my wife sends one of those grumpy emails it is <laughs> afternoon i am it working is, it is it's okay yeah. <laughs> early early is a matter of perception i mean <laughs> <laughs> one man's early is another man's way too late <laughs> that's right uh, let's go let's let's start from the beginning how did branch and bone come about where where did this kind of idea originate and um how did we get to this point so essentially, Branch and Bone started with a group of guys that were just very avid home brewers, and it was one of those things. Like as they got better at their craft, it's like how do you take it to the next level? Right. So it's just taking that passion and seeing what it do, you can do for a community, and you can grow and do interesting things. So it was like, you know, the styles of beer they envisioned doing, no one was really doing in this area. So it's like. How can we do that? How can we bring that to the masses? So it was like a lot of, you know, brewery stories, like right. passionate home brewers wanting to like up their craft, up their skill and up their audience. Right. You know, you get enough positive feedback. People like love that stuff. And yeah, you get your friends and family that tell you like, oh, you make great <laughs> beer. You should, are you going to open a brewery? But there's a certain level, though, when you get professionals and people are actually doing it, talk about your product. And it's like, OK, well, maybe there is a market. And it's just really it's, it's about passion, like everything we do here. So if we weren't passionate about it, why do it? Well, it's so yeah, there are a lot of, and we're probably getting a little ahead of the conversation here, but there's there's a lot of beer styles that you guys do put out between you know the the fooder age stuff and mm-hmm. um, I think one of the beers that uh, I first had that kind of blew my mind about what this place is and and made me really wish it was in Cincinnati closer to where I live than <laughs> it is, but was the uh, Visage is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce it with yeah. the, the dandelions? dandelions yep. uh, it was one of those beers that reminds me of the excitement of beer for the first time sure. of trying something that's like oh my god i like this is a flavor that is immediately familiar mm-hmm. but something i've never t- tasted right. before it was uh it was just it, such a fun beer and that's where it comes from like you know brewer brett he was doing that stuff at home because that's the stuff he fell in love with right. and he just tried to figure out how to make it for himself because as you know those styles of beer can get rather costly especially when you're buying nothing but imports right right you're buying all those lambics from belgium they they tend to add up so he figured out how to do it you know, and got his own cultures going, all that fun stuff. So it's like, how do you scale this? Well, the the, the question that I have, and, and maybe this is offensive to the people of Dayton, maybe not, but I, I feel <laughs> like um, Dayton's craft beer scene is a, a, a little behind some of the other cities close by, be it Cincinnati or Columbus. Mm-hmm. I feel like this idea maybe was a little far-fetched to come into Dayton with. And what, 2018, is that when you guys opened? Um, was it hard to kind of get people on board or does it help that you do also 
make, you know, a, a Pilsner and, you know, New England IPAs or, you know, big West Coast kind of IPAs, does that kind of help get people in the door then to convince them that try the standalone beer? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, leading with that foot, right? Like that's the passion, you know, the passion play, like the fooders and everything. That's where the real heart and soul of this company is. But at the same time, they were cognizant enough to know you got to do great beer otherwise. Right. Um, so the give and take of that is unfortunately we became quickly known as the sour brewery in the area. Right. And it's like, that's such a little slice of what we do overall, especially now as we've grown. Um, but it's, it's good. You know, and then the, the, you get those people that they're so incredibly passionate about it that keeps you moving because you have people, you know, that's all they drink right? Like, stuff like that. So, and it, it, having a venue like this, like Dayton, that is insulated in some ways, you know, again, it's not one of the big C cities in Ohio. So you do, you are a little bit behind when it comes to food, everything else. So it also gives you an opportunity to, speak eloquently about it and educate people which always gives you those interesting like connections with your customers right, right? if you get somebody coming like here you have this great ipa and then they start asking questions you know so it's good to have really great educated staff on the bar like oh and then you get people drinking the stuff they never would have thought of right you know just on paper reading it like well people <laughs> people drink this stuff you know and it's so so it's really interesting because then you can also foster the culture in a way Right. When you're doing the lead, you then kind of dictate where that culture goes in a limited sure. geographic area. So for better or for worse, being known as the sour brewery, we've leaned into it and it's done well for us. But it also then getting people back like, OK, we make great Pilsners. We make great English miles. We make really great IPAs. We make other styles of beer that nobody else is making. Well, it's it's fun, too, because it can change. It can change the overall culture of a beer scene mm -hmm. like like Dayton to where Absolutely. you have people that are homebrewers or new homebrewers and they come mm -hmm. into a place like this I'm like oh i didn't even think about doing something like that sure. that's really fun like what can i do that sure. that kind of pushes that line of what right. of what beer is and, and that's so that kind exploration of to, point to build earlier that uh that that's momentum said, in exploration city. right like try it once if it's not any good just throw it out <laughs> 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 so you guys open in summer of 2018. Correct. It'll be, um, it'll be four year anniversary first week of June this year. Um, and then uh, COVID happens. Correct. <laughs> um, how did you guys weather the storm? How did uh, uh, how did you kind of how did you figure out a way to make it work? Uh, it was fortunate for us the way we package our beers. Like we had a set package schedule. And you guys were packaging before that, Correct. right? Correct. So it, what happened was when this all came down, like. We had about a weekly time and we work with our mobile canner and we, we thought, hey, let's we usually would can like a roughly 50, 50 mix, right? Like let's can 100 percent of this beer. We don't have labels, but we can get cans. We can get labels. That was the first step. So a lot of us to transition that where we then got in the mindset of just making beer to put in cans. Right. And then we we're actually very fortunate to have a bar here that had a crawler machine that they were not using. And then we we're able to get some stock crawlers, and that allowed us then to deplete our entire inventory in-house. So we operated on just a carryout model right. for an extended period of time. And it was like it was one of those things where timing was great, but also being a small company, we're able to adjust. Like, hey, this is the solution. Let's make this happen. So right. yeah, we were very fortunate, and then we got out. We didn't lose any beer Good. due to COVID. Good. So yeah. it totally made us flip our model almost overnight. But there's, you know, something I don't want to make light of of everything that happened during the last couple of years, but um, like there's there's something almost refreshing about watching craft breweries handle it versus how mm -hmm. restaurants were able to handle it or, sure. or other industries. Sure, like it, it 
again reminds me of like those early days of craft beer um the 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 the, the nimbleness of a craft brewery right. the right. uh the, the scrappiness the like trying to the figure gumption, out right yeah, to, like, to we'll figure just, out how how right. like oh this doesn't work anymore now what do we do all right well we'll do this right because be that's the interesting that. thing yeah like you're saying it's like this all came from people figuring it out so this was a scenario that nobody knew you find people that spend their entire life in beverages and they're right. like i have no idea to do here right <laughs> well, that's, you know, there's there there are people that have been in the in the beer business too for such a long time like oh you know we yep. just we just figured out that you were supposed to sell your beer in your tap room now we have to figure out that you're not supposed to do that anymore right. <laughs> like it's it, it was yeah, uh absolutely and again i don't want to make light of of everything that happened but oh yeah um, it was it was fascinating to watch mm-hmm. from the outside mm-hmm. and, um, and i and i think on the other side people i think figured out systems that just will improve their overall business like yeah. they figured out stuff stuff that works Right. No matter what those horrible outside dynamics will be, it's just something that works. Right. And sometimes you need your hand force to do it. I bet everybody will have some kind of old uh, bottling machine or a crawler machine or something sitting somewhere in there t- just in case. <laughs> Even if they well, don't I mean, use that was it, the thing. Like, it's we, sitting there waiting. Yeah, like we saw where the trend was going. We were just doing glass, and it's like all we need to do is crawler thing. Like it speaks to what we do, and it's like right. it forced our hand, and then it got us into it. Did you guys do any delivery or anything like that? Or? No, actually, we, we we had that back pocketed, but we never got to the point where that was necessary. Right. We had enough of a response here where people were just coming picking up beer. Um, we started shipping beer across the state of Ohio, so it, we were always we worked some of the math like where it would make sense to do delivery, but right. it never got to the point where we had to pull the trigger on that. As a uh, as a craft beer drinker, like I so I I was in a very weird place at the beginning of the shutdown and everything. I we had uh, our second kid in April of uh, twenty. 2020 yeah so like right after everything shut down so not only are you um stuck at home with a new baby not sleeping and all of that chaos then the world outside is shut down and everything is very strange Mm -hmm. and that idea of having um breweries dropping off beer to your house and you know they're dropping off a case on your doorstep right step back hey how how are you guys (laughs) just like that that interaction like i yeah it meant so much at that time right or or when things did open back up and was able to get out and go pick up you know growlers or whatnot from uh like being able to just walk in and be like hey are you guys doing all right you know sure just that well i mean it's like what i said earlier right like it's a matter of like the community right like the community you can grow around any sort of business not necessarily a brewery just by being customer minded and service minded right so you, you fill those gaps and people automatically gravitate towards you right as a brand and has those interactions like that not even if it's just oh my god they just delivered a case of beer <laughs> to my door but at the same time right you're coming in and out of a place you see the same two people yeah you know basically that are bartenders that are running a retail establishment yeah. now so yeah. and you get that interaction because everybody's going through major change so you have right. those contact points and People tend to love those contact points over alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it, it really, giving me beer. It really did solidify like some kind of relationship. And I, I know that I'm probably not the normal example because I, I I do sit down with a lot of breweries, but sure. um, it, it it really did change the relationship with some of those places that I would stop in more frequently mm-hmm. or that were delivering on a regular basis to my house. Like it, they were now part of my experience outside of just going and sitting in a tap room sure. over a bar. Like it was. Um, 
Uh, there, I think long term, there is positive stuff that came out of the absolutely. Last of years, absolutely, it's hard to hard to imagine that sometimes. So, who did you spend the most money with to get uh, to your doorstep? Do you know, uh, are you allowed to tell? I can your say, wife listens. I probably spent the most money at uh, at Urban Artifacts just okay. because also their price point is a little higher than some of the other places. So I sure. could I could get a case of you know uh, Rally Cat Pilsner from Sonder, mm-hmm. and it was you know half the price of what I was paying sure. for a couple bottles. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. I spent a lot of money everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, spent does. spent way more money that year than I think I've ever spent on sure. beer, <laughs> but we drank good. <laughs> but when you have no opportunity to spend your money otherwise, right? You right. Might, you <laughs> might as well support the local. What are we going to do tonight? Well, I guess we're watching TV and drinking heavily. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, let's talk about the, the beer specifically. We've talked about you know you guys do this really great sour side, which mm-hmm. is what I think. Um, made a lot of us discover you guys and fall in love with you. But um, you talked about the Pilsners. Is there a little bit of everything going on here? Is there anything that you guys don't play around with or that you you, you, you won't try? Um, are, you, are you putting Lucky Charms in a beer? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's fun. Those weird oddball ingredients, but we're we're always really struggling with, you know, you don't want to be known as that. Either. Right. Like, um, and for us, again, part of the exploration part of it is like figuring out a flavor profile and figuring out with ingredients right and just making it work so you know we, we've done some beers and it's like okay like what is in this <laughs> how can we replicate this and still do it on the you mean le- there's there's the a level. way to replicate chocolate without just dumping a bunch of candy bars in a beer <laughs> sure sure <laughs> well like 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 case in point we did uh last summer maybe it was summer 2020 it all runs together yeah. right are you familiar with what a spaghetti is Mm, no. So it's a cocktail. It's essentially Aperol, a light beer, and lemon. Okay. So we that made, sounds delicious. We, it's it's amazing. Try it, especially when the weather picks up. But we made we had a pilsner, so we made a treatment. We got some of the herbs, got rhubarb, all that other kind of stuff that's in Aperol, and added lemon. So right. it's like it got that flavor profile. I mean, granted, it would be very illegal to dump Aperol in there, but right. that's the, that's the first one that came to mind where it's like okay we dissected a little research like what's in here and brings you these flavors so we try to approach stuff like that you know yeah sometimes it's fun to just throw random shit in the mash done. right <laughs> exploration but uh yeah like the one time we did we do a, a key lime pie berliner vice and the one time we mashed in with graham cracker and i happened to be filling in <laughs> And so it was like the longest I've ever spent on a brew day, just trying to get this stuck mash to fry. Right. It's, like, it's like okay, next time you do this beer, I'm gonna be do, doing deliveries. <laughs> I'm just yeah. busy. I have yeah. something to do. But again, like back to stuff like this, like you can take those base ingredients and make them shine. Right. You know, like why throw all this other stuff on top? Because so, I'm sure you've had it. I've had it too. I've had these really great beers that are like the base beer. You can just tell there's something there. Right. But then it has like all this other stuff thrown <laughs> on top of it. It's like, I know you're probably not selling like a, like, like an amber or a brown ale, but it's like, can I get this without all the other stuff in it? Because that's the kind of thing I want to drink. And I can tell you have a, like a fantastic beer here. So. I, I never find myself when I'm, when, and this is, this is not a dig at anybody that really likes doing this. I think that there's, there's plenty of room for everything. But, oh, absolutely. Um, I've 100%. never, I've never found myself finishing a pint of, uh, Snickers stout or whatever you want to call sure, it. Like, Man, sure. you know what? I just I really want another one of those. And I mean, I get it, right? Like that's the thing. If, if you there's obviously a customer base for it, right? And rule number one is apply to, uh, appeal to your customers, right? So it's sure. like, hey, more power to you, man. Like fill that niche. 
So get people what they want. <laughs> on that same thought of appealing to customers or appealing to the people that are that are out there drinking, um, obviously seltzer is a big thing. There are a lot of people that, if you count that as a beer, that's obviously the beer that everybody's drinking right now. <laughs> uh, have it's you guys, slowing, but the numbers still are there. Yeah. Have you guys dabbled with seltzer at all? They did one batch in 2019. Uh, basically, the fill was we don't have an A1A, right? So we sure. can only serve our own product. And we don't have don't have a gluten free option, right? So running the looking at a tap room somewhat from a bar standpoint without becoming a full bar, uh, they did a batch just to kind of get behind it. Brett the Brewer wanted to figure out like, okay, just the science behind it all, and let's give that option. And it did fairly well, but it's nothing we have any intent to revisit. So Does the I mean, and again, going back to that idea of exploration, like is that that curiosity part of what pushes something like that of everybody's still on this. Let me see what it's all about mm-hmm. and see if I can I can do it better. I can do it differently. I can do it um, in my way yeah, exactly. from what everybody else is doing. Exactly. Exactly. Just to try it. Like mm-hmm. not necessarily. Be, oh, we really want to have this on tap. Here. Yeah, it was, it was hibiscus and lime. So it was like a different flavor profile that you're not really seeing out right. there. It was like this beautiful purple color. It was, it was great. But it was like one of those things like, OK, we've done it. Right. The response was okay. It wasn't like blowing off the roof because I, you know, I see a lot of brands with their customer base or whomever. You know, they try something like this and it blows the roof off. So right. you suddenly morph your business to that. It just it was never to that point where it's like, man, we really need to do this. It was like, all right, this was filled, did its purpose for summer of 2019. Do we really need? To right. Do this? That's where now. I mean, we're we're starting to dabble in meads and ciders. That was because that next question. Yeah, well, that'll be the thing, right? Like we can do that in house. That's stuff we can be more passionate about, right. and then that fills that gluten free need option. Right. So that one person in the group of eight that doesn't drink beer because they can't, or because they swear to themselves they can't, <laughs> we can get them in for an extra drink, and everybody's happy. It's not that one person getting drug along. So, so that's where we're going with that. Like seltzer, no, but it's like seltzer, you know, ciders. What is it that meats. people are really? Why are they? Why are they asking for that product? What is it that they're looking for? Right. How does that? Right. Uh, how does that uh, fill that um, that that passion side of things for? Sure, exactly. For, exactly. Yeah, and the people making it. For what we do and the scale we are, they have to be invested in it. Right. You know, it's a small crew, but you don't want people just throwing stuff in water with yeast and letting it ferment. <laughs> just be, you know, it's like that's no fun. No, right. that's the right. that's the antithesis of what we try and do here at the company. <laughs> I mean, you would think that everybody would kind of have that same idea, but there's some people that seem to really just be okay with this. <laughs> But hey, everybody's world is different, right? Like us saying, it's like well, and, and again, you, you you mentioned that the the number one priority should be to, to to aside from the passion side, you know, you are you have customers walking in the door, Correct. and if that's what they're clamoring for, you got to meet them somewhere, right? Uh, it would, and I imagine if you guys only made one batch of the seltzer, it's not like you had uh, you know one out of every three people walking in the door. Oh, I want the seltzer. I want no. the seltzer. It's like so, oh, it's like but, oh, you have a seltzer. But if it if it was. It might change the direction of kind of how things sure. are. Well, I mean, that's the thing, like being small again, much like you talk about COVID, it's like all about response. Like if there was a demand, we could find a way to meet that demand somewhere in the middle. Right. You know, we could have taken seltzer base and done crazy fruits. And I think that could have right. kept everybody in this like, oh, I'm happy to be crafting this. I'm pushing some boundaries. But it's like, again, if it's all passion and that's it. Stay home, bro. <laughs> don't, Somebody, don't, don't open a business. Oh, who right? was don't, that that don't. mentioned that? that uh, I think I was down at uh, um, at Birkus down in uh, okay. northern Kentucky and mm-hmm. talking to their uh, their head brewer down there. And he's like, you know, 
there are things that maybe I, I don't always want to brew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing before um, anybody corrects me. Uh, there's some maybe things that I don't want to brew. <laughs> yeah, you should um, not mention names at that but, point. <laughs> but if, if, I, if I'm making things just for myself, Correct. why am I getting up and coming in here to do it? <laughs> make it for myself. Absolutely. 100%. Right? Don't bring other people along. Don't get people invested. Don't you know have people work for you and you're their salary and everything. Right. Like just because... You, uh, this is my passion. <laughs> like, well, if no one else cares, it, it's such a great. it's such a strange fine line, though, because oh, there absolutely. are so many people that like that do fall in love with the personality of a space sure. or the culture of a 100%. place, and that has very much a lot to do with the it people does. that are there. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we we trust those people to do things that they think is exciting because we want sure. to be taken along for that sure. ride. Sure. Um, exactly. Uh, there are places that you know as much as you know, I, I love a good crisp, clean pilsner. I'm not going to go into Urban Artifact and demand that they make me a pilsner because exactly. that's not why I go to Urban Artifact. That's not why you go there. Exactly. So it's uh, so I said for all people, it's like whatever works for you, you know. And what you know, there's that whole product of keeping the lights on first if right. you're running a business. But otherwise, like yeah, you have to be vested in it because especially when you're talking about craft beer, right? Like, don't lose the sight of the craft, right. right? It is a craft, but if it's just you know doing something just to placate an audience finding or that, just something you only enjoy, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find the places where you bend and the places that you don't. Well, and- this case in point for here, right? Like perfect world, 70 plus percent of our business would be wild ales and mixed fermentation because right. that's where the passion is. But we also like doing all the other stuff. So that's, right. you know, significantly smaller part of the business, but it's never going to go away right? because it drives everything else. But, you know, again, we're not upset right. about making pilsners. We're not <laughs> upset about making, you know, IPAs and, you know, finding new fruits and doing, you know, cool, crazy Berliners in the summertime. You know, it's like, there's, it's a, again, that give and take, that right. balance. Nobody sees us doing this pantomime of an elevator, <laughs> but we both keep doing like, it. <laughs> they can all feel it. <laughs> Is that a scale? <laughs> Let's talk about kind of the size of what's going on here. Um, uh, how, how big is the, the brew house? How, how big are batches that you guys are making? Um, how, how big is Branch and Bone? So we have a seven-barrel brew house. And we have a collection of both seven barrel and fourteen barrel tanks. So it's a uh, it's uh, a little bit bigger than than some of those tiny little nano places that are around. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a good sized. It's operation. a decent size, yeah. And we have we have space to grow. We have space for more tanks and things of that nature. So we did about seven hundred barrels of beer last year. So. That's not that's that's it's respectable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a fair amount when you talk about the size of the crew and the footprint and some of the styles and things like that. It's again, we're finding our niche. It's a matter of you know finding what works for you. Right. So, um, long-term plans. Uh, what is the measure of success for a place like Branch and Bone? For us, again, not losing sight of what we do, in in keeping everybody happy. As, you know, you get that culture, work-life balance, that too, but everybody being happy about what they're doing, like I said earlier. Right. Happy about the products you're representing. Happy about that. And it's like we're in a position where we can naturally grow. You know, the key is not grow, 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 new beers, new skews, right. et cetera. It's like, okay, let's. what's right for us? What's the mix? Is there something cool we want to do? Is there opportunity here? And then just, you know, naturally grow. Bring more people into the fold. You know, create more jobs. Get more people to be invested right. in this image that we have. But then stay that really nice little boutique brewery in downtown Dayton that, you know, reaches out a little bit into surrounding areas. But, you know, that's that again, that balance is yeah. can be really difficult sometimes. It can. It can. Yeah. 
Because that's the same thing too. Is like especially after COVID, your hands are tied as, right. for a lot of ways in how you can grow. And as a company, we're growing, but like you see a lot of these pains that would be normal and pains that are new because of what the last two right. years have been. So, well, you, you spend so much time trying to figure out like, is this thing that's happening right now? Is this a temporary thing? Is this still people recovering from mm-hmm. the last couple of years, or is this just some kind of new normalcy that we have to get used to? Absolutely, is it, like, trying to understand what's mm-hmm. actually happening. Absolutely. And that's the other thing too. That's like the plus and minus of being our size too. It's it you know our slice of that like envision for trends and things of that nature. It's, it's very small because right. we're very small. So, and it's again being being reactive without being reactionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it sounds like it's so easy to do, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> it is not. Uh, talk about the Dayton beer scene a little bit for me. This is something that is. Uh, not that it's new for me. I've definitely spent some time drinking in Dayton, but mm-hmm. um, I, you know, the 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 Dayton that I remember is not necessarily the Dayton that is in, in existence today. Um, how have things changed in the last few years? What are what are some of the exciting things? What are the things that maybe need worked on still up here? I mean, we're just seeing more and more actually happen in Dayton. Yeah, you get you know breweries are opening everywhere, right? But we're finally catching that stride where there's just more variety. And especially with with downtown, with what's happening too, it, it's nice to be close but somewhat far away because you have we have a lot of development going on near the ballpark. You know, we have yeah. like Little Fish open. Shout out location. to Little Fish. Yeah. That's gonna be exciting. Yeah, and you know, for them, they're so much of a simpatico brewery. Yeah, like we have very similar thought processes. They're great guys to work with. So it's like, oh, great. Now all the stuff they're advertising to eat in Athens, I can get it down the street because all their food looks great. <laughs> and then you have like you know places like Moeller, you know, putting a bunch of money. Yeah. So that's that's also the beer scene. That's also interesting stuff to see in Dayton, which is, you know, kind of been behind the times as we discussed. So, right. so you're getting to that point where you have increased variety, which I always think is a good thing for a market and that just helps the market grow and also is makes it more attractive for people to travel. Yeah. Like, so people, like I joked about, you know, talked about Yellow Springs bringing people in from Columbus, but it's like now you have more and more reasons, you know, you can jump to like Aomatic yeah. and then come further down. It's like, okay, there's more reason. And same thing from Cincinnati. You can, you can have more reasons to have people come up north, which is good, which I think really helps everybody. It does. You know, to a certain extent. Like, yeah, there's 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 competition and we're all in business, but there there is still that mentality of a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. So it's like the more the merrier to a certain extent. So I think that's the most, the biggest takeaway is there's just that growth in terms of numbers. And there people w- putting out more recognizable brands and like people are getting, I think it's just the the way the industry is going. Like people are getting into it with more of a mindset of what they want to be. And I think that speaks better and you're not seeing breweries evolve quite as much. You're seeing like, <laughs> this is what we do. That's a really good point. Right. And this is how we fit. You know, we've got kind of a mentality behind our branding, our, our you know, our culture. You, you see that, which to me speaks to me as a consumer. Granted, I'm not consuming as much beer as I used to. And especially being in the industry for so long, it's like I get what right. I get. But it's it's always cool to see that stuff happen. So It, it used to be that, you know, when you when you went into a brewery when they first opened, you're like, oh, well, you know, make sure you, you go back, you know, give them, give them a few tries to kind of let them settle Correct. in and Correct. figure out how to how to do it and how, you know, figure out who they are. And sure. uh, like that's becoming less and less of a conversation. Right. Now you walk in on opening night and the place is – it's branded. It knows exactly who they are. Correct. And then you try the beer and the beer is exactly, well, not that it doesn't change, but it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's, and it's, well, it's usually steps better than it was five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Like you said, like that opening night is not nearly as much of a disaster. We've seen it like, Oh man. Right. But now it's more like, okay, 
they've gone out there. They've talked to people that have done this. They, Do you they've see, figured it out. So uh, there's been a lot of discussion that I've heard over the years about, you know, the, the, the places that maybe open without some of that passion, uh, be it somebody that maybe maybe just has some money behind them and thinks that this is a good investment, which by the way, it's not, if you want to make money, don't get into beer, but not anymore. <laughs> you know, like yeah. there was you, a time, <laughs> but not anymore. So that's a, do you see people that are getting into this business that just from your perspective that maybe aren't uh, doing it for the right reasons? Or is that something that maybe there was like this little window and we got through it and now we're getting back to that kind of idea where I think there was a window, but I think that's gone away. I think you'll always have those people. That sure. are like, it's going to be cool to own a brewery. Right. But I think with there's, there's a certain education curve that's been, you know, a companion in this industry for the last like decade. So I think you have less and less consumers that can get the wool pulled over their eyes. Right. Like they realize like, Hey, this is what I like. This is what I expect. All right. They're less likely, like you said, to come back multiple times and give them the try. And I think, uh, if you're not, if you don't have that mindset to put your best foot forward, you're going to see that right. susing out like stuff's just going to disappear. So I think honestly, you'd probably have a better perspective of that, especially the market you see, like right. you see way more growth than I see here. But yeah, I think it's again, back to the thing. It's, it's passion. And most of the consumers are passionate to a certain level. So it's like, if you don't connect, they're going to say like, oh, whatever, I'll go back to the guy down the street. <laughs> right. Cause there's still, we're seeing that too. Right. Like um, it's not so much new, new, new anymore. It's also, it's like, good 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 like consistent like right. i'm i've gotten burned <laughs> too many times right. like i'm over it like new brewery opens down the street i've some I've, guys never <laughs> brewed a you know a batch as a pro before and it's like that beer head that was going to all those isn't going there anymore right. he's going there when like his friends finally drank him, <laughs> right because he's like no i'm good i'm gonna stay at x y or z i i wonder that sometimes like if i was just a normal beer consumer it's like what i find myself uh, sitting up here in Dayton, uh, right, to drink a beer, or would I just be sitting at that place that's closest to my house? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this beer's fine. This is that's good a enough. good question. I've never really pondered that that deeply. I know I'm not a normal beer consumer, but yeah, I've never thought about it in but that regard. At the same time, is there such thing as a normal beer consumer, or is the are the majority of people that are drinking craft beer is part of that fun of drinking craft beer going to new places? Sure, I think to an extent, and I think that as the markets change, you have more ability to do that, no right. matter where you live there's now just more opportunity. Right. So maybe that is a, is a thing I've never really thought about. I've, it that I've, way. I've, I've wondered a lot about, yeah. you know, like yeah. why, I, and, and maybe it's for the flip. I'll, I'll find myself I'm sitting at a bar, um, not here in Dayton. I've never had a bad beer in Dayton, but I'll be sitting at a bar and I've got not a beer. Not even a one? <laughs> it, was a, it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could name a couple things you if you want name me to. Names, but don't lie to me, man. <laughs> um, I find myself sitting at a bar and I'm drinking a beer and I'm like, this beer just isn't, isn't great. And I'm looking around I'm like this space just isn't great either. Mm-hmm. These people are not awesome. Like I, why am I here right now? And it's because I want to try it. And I, sure. the last time I was here, I had that experience. My God, is that experience still the same? I'm curious. Sure. I want to know sure. how things are evolving and how things are changing. Mm-hmm. Is that the beer nerd side of me or is that the blogger side of me? Or is, you know, what is that that gives me that thing that I'm like, I just, I have to keep trying well, sure. and this and see how it changes. And it is a mix. I've had great places, great beers in places that I would never want to go right. back to. Same right. thing, right? right. <laughs> like, Definitely. It, it can't just all be about the liquid. So Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very strange relationship gonna ponder, we have with craft I'm going to ponder this one tonight right before I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Would I be in more bars and more breweries if I wasn't in the industry? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what are some of the things, uh, just speaking about the industry and craft beer in general, what are the th- some of the things that get you excited about it today that maybe, you know, uh, are 
changing as far as when you got into this? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've gone back to again, like simple. I go back to the just right. the classics, like people doing just simple, straightforward, easy stuff. Like people not trying to reinvent the wheel, maybe just trying to make it perform better. Like that's the stuff that excites me. Um, I I certainly do not get excited about new brands anymore because right. there's so many. It's like yeah, I'll try that, but it's like I you know I used to be the guy like going to the bottle shop every week like what's right. new what's <laughs> right. exciting now it's like okay how fresh is the Sierra Nevada pale ale today right. because it's like I'm not spending that kind of money so it's like I've gone through I think what a lot of people have like you get overwhelmed there's just so much out there so it's like man if it's just simple straightforward I know what I'm going it's going good. for it's fresh yeah and <laughs> there's not there's not you know 15 commas on the label it's like that's what gets me excited like there's still because you know people talk about certain things and you you see it like there's you know, like talk about the adjective beers, we get stuck on that. There's definitely an audience for it, but that audience is so loud that like people think that's all there is. And it's right. like, oh, wait, but this guy's making, you know, triple decocted, you know, mash Pilsner. Right. I want to try that. Right. <laughs> is that frustrating? Like to see some of that, the attention goes towards some of those other, those other things for some reason? No, because I think everybody's got their niche. I, you know, I've been doing this long enough where it's like I'm very aware of the vocal minority. Right. And it's like, yeah, sure, there's a certain advertising exposure aspect you want, but do so, what you're doing well. Your audience will come to you if you're doing it right. That's, that's hard. It's like, it's it, like, but it's tough. It, but it's like, do we do stuff just to get that attention? Right. Which we'll do some crazy stuff here. And it's like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> People will talk about it. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's similar to like uh, social media where you, you post Almost something that, and yeah. you have, you know, you know, 15 people that are, that are, you know, commenting that are being positive or, or whatnot. And then mm -hmm. you have that one person that says something horrible and that, that one seems to be louder than all the other ones. Absolutely. Well, those <laughs> resonate, right? Right. Like those strike your ego yeah. <laughs> better than the people comp complimenting you. That's why they keep me off social media. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can only like imagine how difficult that is from like a, a side of somebody that's making beer or even you know food a restaurant or something mm -hmm. like that where you're you're creating this thing and immediately putting it in front of somebody and letting them uh form their own opinion about it like that's sure. it's 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 difficult to do like this this doesn't taste good and it's mm -hmm. like oh, mm -hmm. how, how what mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. i'm tasting it and it tastes fine like yeah. how am i wrong are you wrong and yeah. like they start to question yourself and mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> absolutely and again, like how much is that genuine too? Right. right. You've mentioned social media. It's like that's a, it's a trap. Yeah. It's it's great because it allows you an avenue to you know get exposure to people, which yeah. is great. But it's yeah. like, man, it also gives people that that. Uh, but you get those wormholes. Where you're like, man. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's like my kids when when they throw a fit about something just because they're looking for some kind of an attention from somebody that's sure. around them versus sure. actually being upset about that thing. Absolutely, you know, uh, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and we all have those moments. Where, like we'll see a reviewer and like they'll comment on something that you know is like not uh, not real right like, like that didn't happen and then it's like but it's in your review and you're basing your review on something that never happened and it's right. like but then how do you engage with them because it's hard for you to come out as a good guy it's like yeah just ignore it but if other people read it they don't know that that's not accurate you right know? it's like you're getting those weird things or you know as we all see you know untapped <laughs> people <laughs> reviewing beers based on what they like and it's like right. that's not how this is supposed to work <laughs> like someone drinking that and be like 
it's not happy enough. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or or get some fantastic, you know, mixed firm or sour. I don't like sour beers. Like, well, then why are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that that's, I mean, that's almost like a, like a, like a culture problem though. Like it's like we as a culture now, like our, all of our opinions matter way more than they actually actually matter. <laughs> like we all, I don't know how all, much, I don't know how much think I, we're very important. I don't know how much I should speak to that, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, like it's, it is a, it is a, an easy trap to fall into when you have uh, a social media account or mm-hmm. a podcast or mm-hmm. a blog or whatever, like you mm-hmm. have this, this, this venue to be very loud about what you think and what you feel right. about stuff. And you start to, maybe value what you think a little <laughs> higher than than you probably just should someone listened, you, just because you, so, someone listened to you that never would have heard you. you forget that you're yeah. just one person that mm-hmm. is you know i say I, always, separate from everybody i like else. to use the term overly accessible venues and i'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> too many open mics on the internet <laughs> right right well i mean and it's it's not that like i'm going back to untapped like it's not that you you shouldn't be able to rate a beer based on your opinion like that's exactly when you're thinking Absolutely. about something like, what do you like to drink? Drink what you like to drink. Correct. But this idea that if you every, have no idea what you're <laughs> drinking, everybody else yeah. should be yeah, thinking the same way you do. It's weird, but like, it is a crux too. Cause at the same time too, it's like people that use it authentically and know what they're talking about. It's, it's an amazing feedback. Loop. Right. You can see that right away. Right. You know, like, Oh man, like, and you can look at what they reviewed otherwise, especially if they follow your brand. Like, okay, maybe they're on to something we missed. Well, it's, it's plus why, or plus or minus. Uh, I, I stopped rating beers a long time ago mm-hmm. on Taps, to the point that I went back and deleted ratings off of every beer that I had rated up until then, which you would be surprised at how long that takes because you have to go in one by <laughs> one and delete the rating. I can only imagine. Pain in the butt. But I try to as much as possible when I'm checking in a beer on Untapped to actually write a my thoughts on the mm-hmm. beer, which mm-hmm. which are still my thoughts. I may sure. say, man, Absolutely. this this is super happy, and that's not at all what I thought it was going to be or what I wanted. Right, which I think is still valuable feedback. Sure. It's not <laughs> sure. That's the thing. Like I said, it can be a very valuable tool if you can filter it out. Right, like there's some really positive, and it's a short loop too. You get that feedback right away. Right. I mean, it's like if I would come in here and I I got a pilsner and it's copper in color and it's mm. you know uh, loaded up with some kind of awful it's, it's not what a pilsner is supposed right. to be in mm-hmm. my opinion and yeah exactly <laughs> so, yeah, to, i uh, mean it's like most other things you know not to sound like the grumpy old man like every innovation has its downside right <laughs> we can talk about that ad nauseum <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it it makes me either i don't know which way it goes it makes me either really excited to think about where it goes from here with craft beer like i feel like everybody is understanding mm-hmm. some of that a little bit better mm-hmm. and some of those technologies that maybe will come up around that that enable people to share their opinion in a different way sure but then there's this other side and it's like well no it's going to go it's going to go the way that you don't want it to go it's going to it's going to make everybody louder and it's going to make it's, I, I don't I like know that, that I'm you're ex- more cynical than don't I know am. that I'm excited about <laughs> where it's going yeah I mean uh, it'd be interesting to watch craft beer in general is uh, is just it is becoming a lot louder than it used to be it used to be these tap rooms where you would go and you would hang out with your friends and you'd have a beer and you guys would laugh and you'd talk about the beer mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you go back to normal life where nobody knows about craft beer, nobody talks about craft beer. It's not mm-hmm. part of the everyday right. uh, existence. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's changed a lot. Absolutely. Like it's, it's way more in the last, like, front ten, and center in the mainstream. Ten now. years. Because it's it's more, I don't know if accepted is the right term. Just again, exposure. It's, it's, it's normal. Exposure, right? So it's there. And then you get people that have, you know, there's just certain people that are brand loyal. So again, like if right. you're, we saw it 
you know, throughout time, you know, people have their alcohol brands and they right. use that. That's part of them. So you're seeing that now more so with craft beer, especially when you look at branding game and people's got, everybody's got really cool merch. Like, oh, yeah. Look at the new, t- it's not even, sometimes, you can, sometimes it's not even about the new beer. It's like, can, look at the new hat they've got. I'm buying that. <laughs> you can walk into any beer festival uh, across the country, any, any decent sized beer festival, and you will find somebody wearing something with Ryan Geist's logo on it. A lot of times, they haven't even been to the brewery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's, I... that says something <laughs> like that says something about this, uh, this ability to kind of uh, play a different game. Mm-hmm. It's it, there are some stuff. There's some things that are changing immensely mm-hmm. from when, when craft beer started. Absolutely. And that's like, before I started here, it was like, you know, the branding is strong here. I was like, the first thing you guys are, one of the things, like, be aware how much merchandise you're going to sell. Yeah. Just because your stuff looks cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, I, now, and now it's like, Jesus, I can't believe how much merchandise uh, we sell. It's and like, be, yeah, and it's good. I think that we're we're entering into this this new era of craft beer, too, with that. Like, I haven't seen any breweries really start to build an actual business around just their merchandise quite the way that they could. Like you could start to create these actual like lifestyle brands that are brewery brands. Like it's, I mean, you're seeing that happen to a certain extent, especially like some of the NA brands are definitely pushing sure, the lifestyle sure. stuff. Like but I'm talking about like, 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 like that, actual but. like merchandise though. Like if you're, uh, you know, a, a, a brewery that's branded towards the outdoors. Sure. Why the hell don't you sell kayaks? Right. Or a website where you sell kayaks right. that are, you know, you're like stuff like that. Like it, Right, like there's it, so much potential absolutely. there. Like and, not to not to name names, like uh, Fifty West is one. Like they they exactly, really push yeah. that lifestyle. But again, like I wouldn't be surprised. Like when are you gonna right, have yeah, uh, when Fifty you have, West? When you have running shoes, like you should right. sell your own running right, shoes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think you know they have that mindset of definitely they're definitely a lifestyle brand. But yeah. again, but it's like how much is a kayak <laughs> to get branded <laughs> and who's gonna buy it? Right. That's that's the other side of it. You have this huge capital. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like it is a whole <laughs> it is a whole different business. Yeah. And I I think that but. As we saw in you know the last couple of years, like having some other things that you can lean into mm-hmm. when things aren't like that's not a bad idea. No, sometimes. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see stuff like that over the next and we'll say decades because I know that it's it is a, a very different, sure. <laughs> different, different world. But I, I'm curious to I see mean, some how of the that bigger guys have done it. I mean, yeah. Like New Belgium, you get a bike, yeah, and stuff a, like that. It's a great it's like, example like, of it, though. A great but, example. But again, it's like I think there's probably a certain level of hesitancy. It's like how many consumers do I have that are going to spend four hundred dollars on a bicycle? <laughs> well, but that that goes <laughs> but to. I think we're on the cusp of like that one brand that goes for it. If you like, know, shit. if you if you if you know your customers well enough to know why they love your brand, correct. There will be things that you'll see that it's like, oh, that is something that I know. Right. Most of the people that are coming into this tap room would want to have. Sure, and, sure. Um, absolutely. Uh, and, and maybe running shoes for Fifty West is probably the best example that I can think of. <laughs> I, I can just see like all these people running around with their their Fifty West shoes. <laughs> hey, hey, it could work, man. It could work. Uh, that's there, why you see, to a certain extent, you know, like one of those brewery staples became like biking jerseys. Yeah. And you can, they're not cheap, but people yeah. will buy them because yeah. they're on their bikes all the time. And then it's like, you see someone down the road, you got your logo on. It's like, that's, that's <laughs> even, great. even in a, in a very different way. All of the, all of the places that have like dog leashes and dog bowls sure. and stuff that are branded with the brewery. Cause Absolutely. you see, see all these people in your tap room and they all have dogs and it's like, Oh, 
okay, I I know that this is something that they right. Would, you know, a lot of us are dog people. We haven't found the right one yet. That's <laughs> like we should probably do a leash or a collar. <laughs> <laughs> but finding finding something like that that like that just resonates perfectly with your 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 customers that sure. isn't just a beer. You know, sure, like exactly. And and but that's the other thing too is like you got to find something to differentiate yourself. To. Yeah, you got that. Like you said, that one item. Yeah, like the running shoes. Like, right, that's the one item. The first time I saw one of the breweries selling. Uh, uh, frisbees, you know, for, for disc golf, I think you're supposed to call them discs. Uh, I was like, oh, oh, that's really smart. You know, yeah. it's like it's just that thing that's different. But it's like, oh yeah, every every person that sits mm-hmm. in this tap room definitely plays frisbee golf. Mm-hmm. Every single one. <laughs> yeah, like I bet Anderson Valley sells so many discs. It's right. probably ridiculous. <laughs> There's, you know, I bet you know, Sierra Nevada sells a bunch of like walking sticks or something. You know. <laughs> Not at the Chico establishment. I don't think there's a lot of hiking around there. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see these brands and how over time they, they've developed and they can turn into these other things. Sure, I, absolutely, absolutely. It's a matter of being cognizant of that. Again, what's your customer base? Yeah, and just a, appeal to that. Being don't able, worry about what the other guy's doing. Being make able to your, listen and yeah, make them your customer. Uh, that's again, that's that's way easier said than done it for is. a lot of places. Yeah, they haven't been able to figure that out for some I reason. I mean. I think to a certain extent you get lost in just the day to day, right? Like right. there's a lot of moving parts, especially Running after, a brewery, especially after the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts. So it's like you can get lost and like the day to days keep the lights on. So you're good. Right? right. You're not thinking about what's five years from now. What's the next level? <laughs> you know, what's the, what's the next branding trend? What's, what's the next merchandise where I, item? Where can I source kayaks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's got unbranded kayaks that I can wrap? <laughs> uh, going back to the Dayton beer scene, what other places in Dayton uh, do you think that people need to be aware of that, uh, that you think are exciting and doing some fun stuff? Because keep in mind, as of right now, people that are listening to the show are all from Cincinnati. Sure. They're right now trying to sure. figure out. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're planning their trip. <laughs> and this is the thing. This is me being like a total shut-in and not going to like any other establishment anymore unless I'm drug, <laughs> drug out and about. I mean, I've only, I only really go to the standards anymore. Like right. it, it's, it's a, you know, being on the road sales, like I'm out all the time. So it's forced me into being a homebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> I understand that. So it's like I default to places that I'm getting, you know, taken to. Um, I think... Um, you know, there's certain places, you know, Yellow Springs is a good one, but that was always like, that was the big one outside of, and I always appreciate what they're doing. We got a really great working relationship with them. Um, Alematic, they're doing some really great, interesting envelope pushing beers that I really enjoy. I really enjoy their product. But again, I haven't been in their tap room. Right. And they've been open for years. Um, so you, you see a lot of really interesting stuff like that. Like I, I think um, what you see downtown, your bigger breweries, you know, Warp Wings got their space, which is really awesome. I think it really speaks to them as a brand. The other spots that they've opened going south seem yeah. to really speak to them. I appreciate what they do food-wise is really cool. Um, Dayton Beer Company down here, they've got an amazing space. Like, you know, rooftop bar, all that kind of cool right. stuff you want to see. And it's great to hang out and have a beer. So there's just a lot of stuff that can appeal to your different level of drinkers and what your expectations are. Right. So there's a lot of fun. And again, the new stuff opening, like Molar Beer Barn, like they're putting – a ton of money downtown like i want to see that space because it's yeah. it's for the city and it's also like what do they see their brand growing as? right um you know we spoke about little fish like, yeah what are they gonna do like i think that it's gonna help push everybody to a next level um so there's there's a lot of really cool stuff you know devil wind out in xenia they're doing some some great beer same thing right like they're doing a lot of really good like english style beers and like really simple really approachable beers that some people have forgotten about right right <laughs> and again a really great environment really great crew um 
you've got like going out that direction you have southern ohio that I've, I've never been to their tap room but i've had a couple of their beers and it's like they've got a thought process and right. everything i'm hearing is like hey you know there's there's people that again are putting a better foot forward having better food programs and and right. doing stuff like, and like offering just a better product so there's a lot of fun up here but again <laughs> being a homebody it's like man i know of these guys i've talked to them at events i've had their beer but i've never stepped foot in their building <laughs> but it is like it has gotten so much easier to get to get beer everybody packages somehow now like mm-hmm. you, can, you can get beer at home now. Right. whereas like right. it, we were starting to get to this point for a while that there were places where if you didn't go to the tap room you, you there was no it. way to get their beer mm-hmm. and i think that again uh, you know the last couple of years have kind of forced people to be like oh no we have Absolutely. to have some kind of option mm-hmm. um what do you want people to know about branch and bone that you think that they don't know to kind of tie a neat little bow on stuff we do stuff other than sour beers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, honestly, the majority of it is not a not a sour beer. It's not. This is not. No, but we joke about it. But it is. It's so ingrained just yeah. for having that as your passion. What you kind of led with, people, right? They, like, don't go away from it. Like, I'll go to retail establishments, and you know, a beer buyer will have like their regular that comes in. And they're like, oh, do you drink Branch and Bone? And like the number one response is, I don't like sour beers. Right. And it's like, you know, we don't make a lot of sour <laughs> beers. Well, that's all I have and I don't like them. And it's like, well, it's unfortunate that that's colored your perception of us as a brand. Uh, is it, is come it unf- in and see us sometime. Is it unfortunate? But I mean, if that's the passion and that's what people know you for, it means you're kind of doing something right too, though. But at the same time, though, when it's people holding like a four pack of something we do. Yeah. And personally or otherwise, I think we do better than what you're getting ready to buy. And you're like, oh, you only do those sour beers right. it's like well i've got a better double ipa than what you're holding yeah. in your hand that that came from like four states away then our stuff's extra fresh and just down the street right. oh i didn't i've never had any of your ipa i think that that is also the value of some of the other places that you you can go and you can get a bunch of beer on tap and mm-hmm. try different things. I mean, we were talking that I drank the dark check lager that you guys have on mm-hmm. tap. Mor- Moribund, is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Um, had that the other night down at BC's Bottle Lodge. Mm-hmm. They have, which by the way, for anybody that's listening to this, they have a keg that's on tap in Montgomery right now. And from what I understand, there's another keg at Liberty. They both have kegs going to yes. go on the slow port. That's what they've been waiting for. And, and they're I supposed am, to call me when it goes on I because I want that. To try it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're all slow port <laughs> fanatics here too. So like, we're going to put that on slow port line. So we might not tap it right away. It's like, just let me know when you're tapping it. So, I can, so, come, so I can come down. <laughs> In fact, everybody go there right now. And whatever's on slow port right now, drink that so that it can, it can <laughs> yeah. kick so that we can get right. the more. Right. Down. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Again, I don't travel much, but I would travel for something. Like <laughs> but but the, the point I was going with this is like those places that you can go and you can sit down, and you can try a bunch of beer from different places, and you get those places. That, mm-hmm. Oh, I thought they were only a sour brewery. I thought that's all they did. Absolutely. Well, no, try this. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. to to get people that maybe aren't in the tap room because mm-hmm. they have some kind of impression of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. To Absolutely. go and try the beer somewhere that's the thing. else. It's so. like the more the merrier when it comes to that. Like they're getting a good venue with people that are educated about the beer they're serving so they can speak on behalf of your brand you, what can, is, you can't always be there right? what is the best location in dayton if that's the experience you're looking for oh, man you really put me on the spot here <laughs> are you looking for like well curated overly knowledgeable yeah staff be, best place you can go in and be like man i don't know anything about dayton beer tell me about dayton beer just and dayton beer or beer in general uh, dayton beer that's a tough one so i'm trying to think it would have the most eclectic kind of like Dayton beer selection. A lot of people, you know, think you have a lot of homers and a lot of townies that right. just, you know, but they got, they just 
whatever's good, whatever sells, you know, right. they're not a craft establishment that's presenting that. Um, unfortunately, we don't have too many places that are like that anymore. Right. Yeah, places like, yeah, we got great beer on tap. But again, they're leaning into the overly educated consumer. Right. Right. Where it's like they're doing a majority of the work for the bartender that's got like 40 <laughs> handles right. to worry about. Right. <laughs> right. Um, in terms of like a ton of selection that's local, uh, King's Table, which is based out in Beaver Creek. Uh, I've heard about that. Really friendly, really knowledgeable staff, tons of handles, uh, really great partners for all the local breweries. Uh, they're a good one. Uh, Dayton Beer Company, again, they're really good. They've got a lot of handles. They support a lot of uh, all the other, you know, I won't, don't want to use the term competitors, cause right. they, but they're they're looking at presenting a better product. Uh, I'm trying to think of like Dayton, Dayton Central. And that's again, there's so many breweries out right, there. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you got a couple good ones there. It gives people an idea of some of those places sure. that they can go to to kind of. And, and that's the thing, too, is like you you got other establishments that can just speak eloquently about things, you know, like the Barrel House down the street. You know, if you want to talk about just variety right. in general and knowledgeable staff is going to be able to point you in a direction and know what they're selling, that'd be that's one of the bigger ones. I mean, you got, of course, got a lot of really great retailers that'll do that for you as well. Right. Um, you know, your Dorothy Lane Markets, your Arrows. Very educated staff support local as much as possible, you right. know, especially when they're packaging. So that's another place where it's like, hey, here's a cross section of what's brewed in you know a right. twenty mile radius around here, and then we've got it. So, and we've got a lot of breweries here that are in a position where they don't distribute a lot, right. where you have to go to their tap room to get cans or to get draft to get the experience. So, I could see some of them opening up more and then you know you have like that spot that could be Dayton but at the same time so many of these breweries people are so familiar right you know so right. you don't necessarily and again not necessarily being a huge destination yet you don't have that one bar that's really like come here for all your Dayton right. beers and don't bother going to all the breweries <laughs> right <laughs> but I feel like I feel like the way Dayton is growing like I feel like that is this next big thing mm -hmm. that starts to kind of tie some of the stuff together and gets people that Absolutely. You know, if, there's, if there's somebody that lives down the street here there's the probably they, this is probably their spot. You sure. know, they're probably not driving and that's the thing. out. Don't, to... don't, don't misconstrue me saying there's like a lack of support. It's great. Like people are always looking for that stuff. Right. But off the top of my mind, there's nobody that's like, oh, we're this only is, this is the Dayton or majority spot. of Dayton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's like more so. It's like it's Ohio right. or it's regional because you know people all the time like are like, hey, you know, are you distributing? Can you? It's like it, all the reps are getting it right. too. It's like right. they are interested. But it's like when you don't have when most of your breweries aren't distributing full time, right? You know, like oh, you're going to bar. They might have two Dayton breweries on. The right. next time you're in there, might have four. You right. know, something like that. Yeah, so, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's it's you don't have you know some like Cincinnati and Columbus have those bars with a ton of taps, but then you also have older breweries that they're they have a distribution game and things right. like that. So like they're out on the street all the time. You know, right. they've got a rep out there all the time. So you go there and you know a huge section of the handles like oh yeah. You know, like 30, 40% of our taps are brewed like within 20 miles. Yeah, we, we have like those places that it's like, oh, yeah, that's all we tap is, right. is local stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that's, it's still a rarity. Like there's, but mm -hmm. there are a couple around. Yeah. People I, are, people are pushing that or like, you know, they're in that position where they have an established crowd and I have my ex established handles. Right. And then my other five are as local as possible. Right. So you see, you definitely see more of that stuff. Like I said, people are definitely supportive, but nobody's like waving that flag. Right. Right. Dayton or bust. <laughs> because yet, of the way, the way, the way, yeah. Because, but I mean, the way Dayton Brews are, it's like you'd have trouble keeping all your lines filled. <laughs> <laughs> For now. Like, For like, now. Yeah, I, absolutely. Is, absolutely. The way things are growing up here, it is, uh, sure. it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, there's definitely a possibility like somebody could get find the right venue 
and have that mindset and it could go off. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the town as a whole is very supportive. I right. Mean, I get more calls from places all the time. They're like, I want beer. It's like, I don't necessarily have here. <laughs> you don't <but>. have enough. <laughs> everybody says it's a good problem to have. It is one of the most frustrating good problems. It, it's, a, it's a good problem to have, but as, <laughs> as a salesman, I want nothing. I hate nothing more than an easy sale and having to tell them no. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you mean I don't have to talk to you about it? You just want something? I don't have anything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, if, if anybody has not been up here or tried the beer, I mean, you can you can get it around Cincinnati. Correct. It's, it's uh, um, from time to time. There's not like that one place I can say, you can always go here and you can always find it because it is this is a smaller operation, mm-hmm. but it is around. Um, <laughs> check untapped. You can see where people are checking it in and you can find it that way. Or We want to just- continually tease you so you drive up here. <laughs> Just, just come up here because there is such a variety of stuff in this tap room, and um, there is some stuff that will absolutely blow you away. And there's some stuff that your your buddy who only likes Lucky Charms beer will probably also like. So <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there, we do we do that stuff occasionally. <laughs> there's there's a little bit for everybody. But that's that's the thing too. It's like you find one thing you like. We're gonna have stuff here that's never gonna leave these walls. So it's that's like, right. Come see us. Um, and it's it's easy to get to right off the highway. It's um. It's, it's not hard, so just jump in the car with a couple <laughs> friends, come up here, try some beer. Um, thank you very much for sitting down with me. Yeah, thank you for having um, us. We'll be back next week. It's, uh, it's the Dayton Brewcast. It's the voice of Dayton Craft. <laughs> <laughs>